Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios in Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio, your number one spot for the conspiratorial, paranormal, macabre, strange, and unusual. And thank you again for joining us on another edition of Dark Fringe Radio. And tonight, we've got a special guest for you guys tonight. I know you guys will enjoy this. We have a returning guest, Mr. Keith Evans. And we're going to be talking about some of the other investigations that he's done. And thank you again for joining us at Dark Fringe Radio. We really do appreciate it. So, wanted to give everybody a little bit of a rundown on how you can listen to the podcast. Very simply done. You can go to our website, which is uh, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. And right there, you can uh, choose any of the streaming links that uh, we have there available for you. We will be adding uh, very soon the iHeartRadio link, uh, but we're available on all major streaming services. So uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, all those things, we're on it. Uh, it's it's all available for you. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. Um, how you can uh, follow us on social media, very simple. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio, and uh, you can follow, share, and like all our stuff there. We really appreciate that. So the more followers, the better. We really do appreciate it when you guys do share our stuff. And um, again, if you want to uh, send us any type of correspondence, get in contact with us, uh, if you want to be a guest on our show, uh, you can reach out to me directly at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Very simply done. So you can reach me there. Uh, but we're going to be getting into our interview here with Mr. Keith Evans. And he is a paranormal investigator in the St. Augustine area. And uh, we've had him on the podcast before. Great guest. And we're going to be talking about some of the other Victorian homes uh, that he has uh, done some investigations in. And uh, you can also find his website at KeithOEvans.com. And um, you can also follow him at PetCat2006 on Facebook. So we're going to be getting into our interview here in a second with Mr. Keith Evans. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hi, I'm Dylan Sicoccio. I'm the author of Spirit World, The Definitions, and The Tale of Anor, and you're listening to Dark Fringe Radio. There's over! Ladies and germs, it's showtime! Hello, everybody. It's uh, Will Martinez here with Dark Fringe Radio. Tonight, my guest... It's a paranormal investigator. He's been in our uh, podcast before and a uh, lot of experience in the paranormal field. And uh, his name is Keith Evans. And we've had him on before regarding his book, The Hayes House Goes to People Too. And a wonderful guest. You guys have been asking for more uh, for, from him. And so we brought him back on again, uh, Mr. Keith Evans. And you can find all of his stuff at KeithOEvans.com. And you can follow him at PetCat2006 on Facebook. So, again, I wanted to, to uh, welcome on Dark Fringe Radio tonight my guest, Mr. Keith Evans. Keith, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Listen, uh, definitely a pleasure. And uh, last time we had you on, we talked about the Hayes House. Uh, we talked about the book, of course, that you, you wrote. And, uh, of course, people can find that in all bookstores. Of course, Amazon, uh, Books a Million, all that stuff online now. If, if the stores are not open, you can't get to them. I'm sure you can order online and right now it's like a they're like a, a limited supply at this point right Keith well I've been told that by <clears throat> different people that have told me that uh, 
somehow uh, different stores are running out. Yeah, yeah. So especially in Europe, it seems like uh, it's doing very well in Europe. Yeah, you know what? I, it's Keith. It's so funny that you say that. I've I have found that the European side of the world really embraces the paranormal uh, much more so than I think here in America. Uh, I really find that, um, and I think they, they they are for a lot of that um, maybe material or content because every every time I've ever had any great experiences from the people over there in the UK. So um, that's great, and uh, I'm glad to see that that's going well. So again, you can uh, find his book uh, Hayes House Ghost for People too, uh, Amazon.com. You can also find that books a million anywhere those uh, huge and uh, you know bookstores that you can uh, find online. There, make sure you check that out. And pick up a copy of that book. Um, but tonight we're going to be talking about the uh, the 1800 house. Is that correct? Uh, it's called the 1880 Victorian, and it's in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh. So 1880 house. So, of course, I'm assuming that's the year that it was constructed. Is that correct? No, uh, that's just the. It's a limited liability corporation. And oh. that's the name of the Limited Liability Corporation, 1880 Victorian. Um, so I, I just continued with the same uh, naming, uh, but it was actually built in 1884. Ah, okay. So a few years later than that. And uh, what could you tell me about the history of the house? I mean, of course, we you know we talked about St. Augustine in our first podcast and how uh, it's just chock full of history and, and um of course, these houses that have stored all these energy from people that have lived in it for so long. Uh, tell us a little bit about the history of the 1880 house. Well, uh, it's a three-story, what I call a uh, Victorian townhouse. Uh, I don't know if that was the actual name that the uh, people, when they built it, called it, but it's uh, fairly narrow. It's probably about 18 feet wide. Um, mm. and, uh, the front of it is close to the, uh, street. Um, the back of it, uh, actually it had a pretty good size yard, probably about the half the length of the original building, but then someone mm. built another, uh, part onto the back of it, uh, years later, I'm not sure when that part is only one story tall. So it's, um, it's an interesting, uh, house. The part, uh, the stairway is original from the first floor to the third floor, mm -hmm. but the um, first uh, floor to the third floor um, front rooms were pretty much destroyed during a fire in about 1994. Oh, and wow. that fire was caused by a person that... Uh, had a uh, space heater and the space heater got knocked over and that started a fire in the uh, rooms uh, in the house's um, southeast corner. And it, it burnt straight up and it, uh, uh, it pretty much destroyed the front room. Uh, other than a stairwell towards the north side of the house, uh, the original, um, building had three stories with a front and a back room for the first, second, and third floor. Oh, so wow. the on the first, second, and third floors, that front room uh, pretty much got destroyed and was replaced when they, uh, you know, repaired it after 1994. Let me ask you this. 
let me ask you this, Keith. Do you know if the you know the paranormal uh, started after that, or you know if it, if it uh, had a history of paranormal activity prior to that, or was it was that the catalyst? Maybe that 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 maybe you know that thing that happened at that point. I don't think the fire had anything to do with starting uh, the paranormal activity. Uh, I know that my first uh, uh, paranormal uh, investigation there at the 1880 was at the end of uh, March of this year, 2020. Uh, but I was told by the family who owns it, and the, it's been in their family since about uh, the 1990s, uh, they have noticed paranormal activity off and on. Uh, they oh, wow. okay. They said that uh, every once in a while, uh, they've used it pretty much like a, a renting rooms or renting the apartments. Like There's a, like a apartment on the first, yeah, like, second, third floor, and they would the family would be there uh, housekeeping, and they would notice someone when there shouldn't be anyone there. And they'd say, can I help you? And the person would kind of like walk out in the hallway. When they went <laughs> to follow them out to the hallway, they couldn't find them anyplace. Wow. Wow. So anyway, but nothing nothing negative or anything like that. Just a uh, – and uh, whatever they, they saw, man or woman, uh, appeared to be, you know, as real as you and I. Nothing uh, that would allow anyone to think it was paranormal except you just couldn't find them. And uh, it's a rather uh, long stairway. If someone, if someone walks out of the third floor apartment, they got a ways to go to get down to the first floor. And you can pretty much look all the way down and see someone walking down. Gotcha. There's no so, place for them to hide or disappear to, you know? Yeah, especially in a house that's only eight, 18 feet wide. So, yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of room for, for, for hiding. But uh, no, that's an interesting, um, you know, piece of information because, um, you know, you find that these houses that were, um, you know, erected during that time, you know, the late 1800s, there's obviously so much uh, history that's involved with those houses. You know, they probably passed by, you know, four to five you know, generations of families and so on and so forth, um, you know, just from people moving in and moving out usually. Uh, was there any type of, uh, you said there was nothing negative there, um, but what was... Uh, maybe something that you may have witnessed, um, you know, during your paranormal investigating there um, that kind of took you by surprise when it came to the 1880 house. Well, the, there was more than just one thing. Uh, I would say the major situation was I would have problems with my cell phone that I had never had before. Gotcha. And it seemed like the program, any program that I was in, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, it would be like uh, someone would log me out and I didn't log myself out. And I thought, well, maybe somebody has hacked me or something, but that <laughs> didn't seem to be the case. And it got to the point that my, um, and when this would happen, my phone would feel extra warm. Right mm. now I'm holding my phone in my hand and it only feels warm because my hand's somewhat warm. Right. But it would feel warmer than what it should feel. And, and when this would happen, the programs would just close on their own. Mm. And if they, if they didn't close on their own, things would happen. For instance, like if I was uh, taking pictures, I don't 
know how to use Zoom, uh, like where you zoom in when you're taking a picture. But the best pictures that I take during paranormal are not with the uh, uh, digital camera that I have. They're with my cell phone. My cell phone takes e uh, excellent pictures. Uh, mm. So anyway, when I would be taking a picture with my uh, cell phone, I would notice it would zoom in. So I would get like a close-up of something that I'm, uh, you know, say 10 feet away from. And, of course, you can right. see on the screen it looks like you're right next to it. And I thought, well, how did that happen? I didn't do it. So wow. it was almost like the ghost or spirit at times was uh, just – taking liberty to uh utilize my phone and uh when this yeah when this would happen my phone felt warm or warmer than what it normally feels but yeah like hot like I was sitting on a like a windowsill you know from straight sunlight for a long period of yes, time but i'm sure not right hot to the point where it would burn your fingers not that hot but definitely uh warmer or hotter than what it feels normally Got you, got you. So obviously, the the um, the entities or the the spirits that are in this house, you know, have obviously um, uh, found a, a way to uh, maybe extract the energy from these uh, devices. Uh, do you fall into that same type of theory that you know the spirits do that, you know, to maybe manifest themselves or maybe try to communicate with you by draining the batteries or maybe making yourself hotter and uh, making go out of whack and stuff like that. Do you, do you subscribe to that theory at all? Well, I think that the ghost of spirit, apparently each ghost of spirit has a, a certain way of uh, understanding and manipulating their environment. And this ghost of spirit was very good at manipulating my phone. But I think when, whenever they entered my phone, uh, they got so excited that they would move around so fast that they were heating the phone up and it actually caused my phone, uh, it's a Molarola, uh product and the program would not even open up. So it got to the point where I couldn't even open up my own phone. I had to buy another one. And I took it to a man that works on uh, cell phones locally and he said he had never seen that before. I still have the phone. I bought a new one that I'm, you know, using right now, but I kept the old phone. Someday when I need another phone, I'm going to see if it works because uh, uh, different people in the paranormal field that I communicated with said, I wonder if it'll work once you leave the house, you know. That's true. Maybe That's... the damage is not permanent. That could be. That could be. Or, you know what? You could have a phone that's actually picking up, um, you know, some very good signs of paranormal activity. Say, for instance, if you were to take pictures or photos or videos, you know, on that phone uh, just by itself, because you could do that without it being connected, obviously, to a service, take videos and just take photos. Um, I'd be curious to see if, you know, uh, what you would catch in, in those situations. But uh, let me switch gears here for a second. And let me ask you, because uh, I know you deal with the Ovulus 5 a lot, and uh, that's one of your main uh, pieces of equipment that uh, you take out uh, on your investigations and you use and you utilize um, did you use that at all at the 1880 house? And if you did, what uh, what did you catch? Yes, I, I used the uh, Obelisk 5B. As far as capturing one ghost or one spirit that had been there for 20 or 30 years, like I did with the Hayes house, I did not get that. It okay. seemed to me like this 
this house had been owned by several different people over since 1984 and no one had it longer than 10 years of ownership some shorter so it seemed to be like no one had actually grown so close to the house that uh, upon death that they'd want to come back and have this their main location to hang out you know yeah. they might yeah. have purchased a house after this you know after they owned the 1880 victorian and maybe lived there 30 years before they passed away and then once they they if they're going to come back to earth and check on something they're going to they're going to go back to the uh, home that they owned for 20 or 30 years so i noticed that you didn't have that type of connection at the 1880 victorian but at the same time um i did get um things that seem to be intelligent and sometimes i would get uh communications that i had no idea what they were talking about so a combination of each uh i know one time uh the owner was up high on a ladder and he was you know doing some painting uh during the time that i was there and doing paranormal uh sessions at the 1880 victorian and I didn't know it, but apparently he was, you know, he didn't enjoy being up high. And I had got some words to that extent. Uh, I had got his name and I had got something about uh, uh, paralyzed. And I thought, oh, I don't want to tell the owner that because, you know, yeah. he'll think it's predicting that he's going to get hurt. Right. And uh, yeah. he told me that he thought it was a ghost or spirit saying that he was paralyzed with fear <laughs> so mm. you know because when you're up high and you don't like something you're very cautious about how you move and what you do so um with the obelisk five you're not getting a whole sentence that uh ghosts of spirits uh may be trying to speak you're just getting bits or pieces so depending on how you want to uh analyze it and what conclusions you draw, I, I thought that was pretty good because I had no idea that, you know, some people aren't afraid of heights at all. Me, I'm, I don't like heights. I don't like to go up high. I don't even want to uh, go up high in a building. I want something that's close to the ground. So if it catches on fire, I can jump out and, you know, <laughs> land and roll and hopefully uh, not hurt myself, you know? Yeah, no, no, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, um, you know, it, from the 80s on, that it had a, a plethora of different uh, owners, you know, and that's usually, you know, that's unusual, especially for a house like that. Um, usually you have long-term, uh, you know, owners that, you know, try to either fix up a, a place like that to use it for a business, like a bed and breakfast, or just to, you know, maybe just redo it up for their own purposes and, and uh, you know, do things, you know, to beautify the, the, the house. Um, but... You know, since you never really, like you said, never had anybody in that house that was there for a long period of time where they would, you know, embed their energy and their will into a place like that. Has, you know, throughout the history of the house, has there been any maybe deaths on, on the property since there were so many people in and out of that, that house? To the best of my knowledge, no, there, there has not been. Uh, I'm sure that the people that did live there, you know, after a while, 
they passed away someplace else, but I was not able to find any. Uh, now, do I know for sure every family that lived there since uh, 18, uh, you know, 84? <laughs> no, I don't know for sure, but I do know at least as far back as uh, 1980, uh, I don't think that anyone has died there. The family says they knew who lived there before they purchased a house. And they said that no one uh, died actually in the house since oh, the okay. 1980s. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, that's obviously good to know. I mean, obviously you want to know the history of these, uh, of these buildings to kind of help you with your investigations. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always intriguing to me when you, um, you, you know, you talk about these older houses, these Victorian homes, you know, uh, there's a certain kind of beauty to it. And, um, you know, obviously these houses over time get deteriorated and um, things break down, um, especially you know, something that was you know built in the late 1800s. You can imagine that, you know, there's needed to be updates, upgrades that needed to happen with the house. So um, let me ask you this. Have the owners ever expressed anything happening, you know, maybe during any of the renovations of this house or anything like that? Uh, that's something that I've always been curious to, to, to ask, especially with a house of this age and, and uh, you know, this kind of history. Well, apparently uh, they had started renovations after they purchased it in the 1990s. The, uh, there was a, a old chimney. I think it was the original chimney, um, and it, it was hit by lightning. And the lightning wow. pretty much uh, it didn't cause a fire, but it did a, a lot of structural damage to the chimney. So they had to pull it down. Um, oh, okay. But apparently they were doing some renovations when the uh, the electrical heater got knocked over and started a fire mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so i don't know if that is connected or not um yeah yeah it'd be interesting to find out i mean it's just uh you know i i find out that i find that a lot of these older type of homes you know just have such a rich history to them that you know we may not even know ourselves because a maybe the records weren't taken properly at that time or B, it got lost, or, you know, C, just nobody knows, you know? So just, you know, it's, it's very difficult to kind of figure out the history, and I can understand that. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of the evidence. I mean, you, you know, you talk about the obvious. Um, you said that there was some type of uh, intelligent type of communication. Now, are you talking about maybe intelligent in the way where they're, um, you know, responding back to your questions? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. Uh, I would say... At the 1880 Victorian, the things that were happening more happened without the equipment than happened with the equipment. For instance, uh, whenever I was doing uh, a paranormal session on the first floor front room, and that's the front room closest to the, uh, the road, um, I would get uh, um, like tap, tap. I'd hear like taps or maybe one tap. Mm. And uh, I listened to one of the videos and it sounded more like um, the old speakers that we had. If you would mm. tap the speaker while it was turned up loud, you'd kind of get feedback. That's what it would sound like. 
But when my ears uh, would hear it, which my hearing is not that good, it would sound like somebody uh, taking their uh, finger and clicking a light bulb, like a ting, ting type sound. Right, right. When I would listen to it on the video, it would sound like uh, almost like a feedback from a uh, speaker. Mm. That makes sense to you or the to the <laughs> listeners, but it would just sound more like a electronical, uh, you know, almost like a instead of a tap, it sounded more like a buzz, quick buzz, you know. Right. And uh, right. I thought, well, that's strange because it didn't sound like that when I heard it with my ears. It would sound like someone clicking a a, a light bulb. Mm. So things like that would happen. Now I would also get words uh, on the Obelisk Five B, but it was just things uh, like the clicking sound mainly happened on the first floor in the front room. Um, I'm trying to remember if it happened. It might have happened one time uh, on the first floor on the back room. Uh, but I, I have not had time to listen to it to see if it changed the, uh, if it sounded differently. You know, uh, I usually do so many different uh, one hour long sessions that I don't have time to go back and, and watch all of them, even though I have them in storage, you know. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, especially when you go back, you have to listen to it very carefully you have to listen to it a very you know fine-tuned ear and just you're literally like it's it's something that you just can't randomly or just you know waffling do you have to actually sit there and concentrate and listen to every second of audio so i understand what you're talking about yeah it's just it, it's very you know painstaking um you know keith it's it's interesting that um you know when we talk about these older victorian homes you know um especially in that specific area of saint augustine uh, which is chock full of those houses. I mean, they've converted a lot of them into bed and breakfasts and, and things of that nature. Did you find that maybe any of the other houses, maybe around the 1880 house, had the same type of uh, you know, paranormal uh, activity or anything like that? Or did you find that you know the 1880 house kind of stood on its own? Well, the 1880 uh, Victorian is kind of like uh, on the end. So uh, there's only one house next to it and yeah. i talked to uh one of the family members of the owner and uh if it if they were having it uh he did not say so mm. Mm. so i'm not sure i really don't know and um if there is no one in the family uh that owns the 1880 knew about that Gotcha. So they they've lived in uh, St. Augustine, I guess, since the 1970s. So if anything's going on, uh, no one's telling them. Yeah, it'd have been over 40 years. I would have known by now, right? And so, <laughs> well, I, I will say one thing uh, that happened that was interesting on the third floor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, I did have. Uh, batteries that were being drained mainly in my uh, um, the video camera mm -hmm. uh, I also when that was happening I had a corrupt um, I forget the name of it but it's like a little thin wafer disc there's a certain name for it 
and I can't think of the name. I've never had one go corrupt before. I've had the UBS drives go corrupt, but never uh, the little thin wafer type disks. Uh, okay. Which disk? It fits into a. Uh, um, yeah, the mini uh, disk, right? What was that again? I think it's the mini disks. I think they're called. Well, it, it's not that small. It's the next size up. Gotcha. Uh, but it's it's not as small as a mini, but it's the next size up. And they fit into gotcha. the uh, video uh, camcorders. Uh, oh, so that okay. was another uh, – that's the only two things that, that uh, failed on me And uh, while I was at the 1880 for the two months that I was there doing paranormal uh, research. Yes, uh, you you were there for 18 months just doing paranormal researching. That's interesting. No, uh, 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 two months. Two months, right. Two so months. during that time, you know, you say you use the obvious. I'm not sure. Does the obvious five, does that take temperature readings as well, or does that not do that? No, the Mel meter takes temperature and also uh, measures uh, the electromagnetic uh, energy, any, any type of spikes, and... Uh, there were a lot of electromagnetic spikes uh, really? pretty much constantly throughout just about any and all rooms. But Yeah, that's unusual, obviously. It is. And um, I will say that one thing I found unique about the third floor, the first time I did the back room on the third floor, I went ahead and I plugged the um, camcorder into the current because the battery was draining so fast that I would do an hour-long session and I'd have nothing on my uh, storage disk. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and plugged it in. And this is place to plug it in and still have it so it could set on a desk without moving furniture around. And so I could like sit on the couch and they could see me. Uh, I more or less had to plug the uh, uh, camcorder in across the door. Mm. So I had to shut the door, lock it. And I went ahead and sat down and I started the camcorder before I sat down and I started my session. And I was looking down at the uh, millimeter and the Obelisk 5B, which I set on the little coffee table in front of the couch, and I heard something go like fling, you know, Ooh. and when I heard fling, I looked up, and I could see the um, camcorder, uh, the power cord to the camcorder was kind of gyrating up and down, like someone had flinged it, and it was going up and down, and huh? I, I just, I just kind of got a smile on my face, like, that was paranormal. And, you I know, guess. you know how most paranormal people, they don't smile much. They usually have that ho-hum look about them. Right. So when, when you smile, something paranormal has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a – man, I think that would have uh, woken anybody up at that moment, seeing something like that happen. I mean, it's amazing. It's You, you talk about the millimeter and, and, and doing – and taking these readings of temperature and, of course – the uh, you know the EMFs in the, in the area, um, like how high of a milligauss would you get as far as reading? I mean, how high did it get at any point? Do you remember? 
Sometimes it was it was very high, and that was unusual. Um, yeah. You know, it's I I don't have it in my memory, but I would say at least uh, twenty point zero milligals. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's 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 extremely high. I mean, uh, for me, I, I investigated a um, an old um, abandoned uh, prison uh, where there's no electricity running through it at all literally nothing everything is shut off and uh, you know i was getting as high as like a 4.0 uh, which is pretty high for a place that has no electricity happening at all whatsoever but i've never had anything go up to a 20 milligauss i mean did you feel any kind of like sickness nausea you know nausea or nauseousness um any kind of physical effects from you know having that type of high emf uh, exposure no because it wasn't for uh it was a very short period of time uh, right. If I didn't have a camcorder on it, I would have missed it. Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. That's the funny. Bless you. Yeah, that's uh that's the funny thing about the paranormal. It's just uh, when it happens, you don't know when it's going to happen. You can never predict it. And then uh, you know when it does, you're just like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, you can appreciate it at that point. So uh, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, places like that are just chock full to me and my and my personal um, opinion. Are just chock full of just paranormal activity um what else is in store for you keith i mean you are in the mecca of like the victorian haunted houses of the world in st augustine so what what's next for you keith please well gotta be i don't have anything scheduled i'm still looking uh as you know i like to do paranormal on my own um i do that uh for the main reason is I, I treat ghosts the way I would want to be treated. Right. And every time there's a paranormal situation, if you have someone that you're training or someone who's new mm -hmm. and they want to get up and run out of the room, you know, <laughs> that might insult the ghost and the ghost might say, well, if y'all going to act this way, not I'm not going to communicate with you anymore. So I'm very right. guarded about how I treat ghosts, and I, I I would hate to train someone who reacts or overreacts, and uh, that might ruin the situation. And uh, I just, I wish that time that the um, power cord that I had plugged in in front of the door, yeah. when it started going up, up and down, you know, uh, I wish I would have had the camcorder pointed towards it uh, and not pointing towards me. Yeah. And believe it or not, it did not pull my uh, camcorder off of the table. All, all it did was like maybe when I looked, it looked like uh, at least if you have a, a straight line like this. It was probably going up four inches this way, four inches below. Wow, so something much. really put a tug on it, and it almost pulled it out of the uh, electrical outlet. Not wow. quite, but almost. So, so um, and what I think that was was a ghost or spirit saying, "Hey, this is dangerous to have this in front of the door." Yeah. And I thought they wanted to let. No, you should not plug something in when it goes in front of the door. But I had locked the door, so there's no way anyone could come in and, you know, hit the cord. But I think they probably didn't know that, and they were letting me know that this is not a good practice. 
but I didn't have an extension cord. Otherwise, I could, uh, uh, you know, realigned it and sent it to another uh, outlet. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, that's what you would have done normally, right? Um, you know, Keith, it's amazing. Again, we talk about that area of St. Augustine. Again, I bring it up because it's um, it's such a magical place to me. Um, you know, it's, uh, we talked about this earlier in past conversations. Uh, it's a place that I, I want to retire. So once I'm, I'm old and gray and done, that's where you're going to find Will Martinez is going to be in St. Augustine. But um, I would recommend and I would maybe um, uh, encourage you to check out uh, the St. Francis Inn, which is there in, um, in St. Augustine. And uh, it's a pretty decent place as far as paranormal investigating is concerned. Um, this was even before I was really deep into paranormal investigating. I was just dabbling in it, and um, I happened to take a uh, ex-significant other of mine there, and um, we had experienced a pretty significant um, type of uh, paranormal, uh, you know, experiences there. I mean, just <laughs> we saw uh, a person on a horse come down the street. Not a real person. It was an entity. I can tell you that for a fact because I could see through them. Um, you know, just things that. Francis, say that again, Keith. We lost you there for a second. Say I that again. Hear, uh, the name of the place that you were talking about. Okay. So yeah, the St. Francis Inn. That's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. I've been there before. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I can tell you from past experiences there myself. I can tell you that there's something going on. I don't know what, but there is something going on there. So uh, that's uh, that's one place I can definitely tell you something's going on there. And of course, um, the uh, Madame uh, Tussaud, the um, actual um, wax figure museum that they have there. I don't know if it's still there or not, but uh, the last time I was there, it was still there. And uh, that place, you could feel a lot of energy in that place too. Thing about you know when you have like dead celebrities and you know you recreate them through wax figures. To me, I think it, it charges the energy up somehow. I think in that in, in that area. Um, so that Madame Tussauds there in Saint Augustine, I feel. Um, definitely has a lot of uh, paranormal activity happening here too. So maybe we got to get down there. I got to get up there, and uh, we'll do something together. All right, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So um, Keith, uh, can you tell everybody about your book again? I want to kind of remind everybody about the book, um, uh, the Hayes House Ghosts Are People Too, uh, just to remind everybody. Yeah, show everybody the the, the book there. And uh, this is a great book, by the way, because. Keith does his paranormal investigating a very different way, as he, he explained before. You know, he really um, he really treats these uh, spirits with a lot of respect. And uh, that's a lot uh, different than what you see out there as far as paranormal investigating. And that's something that I, I you know, I hold in high regards uh, to when it comes to Keith. So I have a lot of respect for that. And so with this book, The Hayes House, uh, you know, Keith goes into a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the paranormal side of what he, you know, witnessed and captured there in that house and the history, of course. And it's just a, a great uh, a book for you guys to check out. So you can get that again at any bookstore, uh, you know, Amazon. Uh, you can get that, uh, you know, through Books a Million, um, all those places, Barnes and Noble, all those normal places where you can uh, you normally get your books. Again, just look up, you know, Ghost uh, Hayes House, Ghosts are People too, Or you can just go to his website, uh, KeithOEvans.com. And uh, or you can follow him on Facebook at Petcat2006. So he's always uh, showing 
uh, new evidence that's happening constantly on a constant basis. I think the next thing for us here, uh, Keith, is uh, for me to get my happy ass up there to uh, St. Augustine and uh, <laughs> have a nice formal investigation with you. I think that would be a, a good one. Maybe that, maybe not the old uh, St. Augustine Cemetery. How about that? Have you done that yet? Uh, no. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. That's probably one of the oldest, creepiest cemeteries you have ever seen in your entire life. Uh, we're talking about headstones that date back to the 1400s, 1500s. Uh, it's just amazing. And um, again, for those that don't know, St. Augustine is literally the oldest city in the United States. Uh, so, so, you know, some people don't know that or not, but it is the oldest city in the United States. I, I mean, it's just chock full of history. And listen, Keith, I can't get enough of the stuff that you talk about when it comes to what you find in these houses over there in that place. And uh, it's always a pleasure of having you on here on Dark Fringe Radio. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, and, and if there's anything else that you are coming out with in the horizon, please let me know. We'll get you back on, and uh, we'll definitely promote the heck out of it. And, uh, of course, uh, you know we'll put our 100% uh, back into what you do. Because, again, I respect highly uh, the, the way that you treat these paranormal uh, spirits, uh, you know, these, these people that actually live. They, you know, again, like what you said, uh, people really don't understand. Like, they, they don't put things into context because, you know, you see these people on TV and they run away from the ghost or they're yelling or they're, you know, they're, they're, they're commanding these things or people to do this and that. And again, you're talking to people that were people at one point. And, you know, it's that's like me going to your house and saying, Keith, go jump like a monkey on top of the, you know, the table because I told you so. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to tell me to go pack sand, right? You're not going to do anything like that. So, again, that's that's why I respect what you do and how the way you do it. So, again, everybody, please uh, go ahead. What I'm hoping also is that uh, ghosts and spirits talk amongst themselves, and hopefully the ghosts and spirits will, my reputation for treating them just like they're people that are living, the ghosts and spirits will tell other ghosts and spirits, hey, this guy is cool to talk to, he'll treat right. you good. And so sometimes I think that's why my paranormal is better than some people's paranormal, because I go out of my way to treat the ghost of spirits good, and I'm not really doing anything than treating them the way I would want to be treated if I passed away and someone was communicating with me. Right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, when you really think about it and you just strip it down to what it is, it makes complete sense. And um, one question I wanted to ask you before we let you go, Keith, um, anything follow you home? Anything ever? Well, I don't think ghosts of spirits um, want to be with you unless they like you and want to be your friend. I don't want to be with someone unless I like them to be their friend. Right. So if they follow you home, it's not the negative stuff that you see on TV. It's because they like you or they're your guardian angel and they want to look after you and, you know, and, and at the same token, I hope that I would look after them if there's any way that I could. And uh, so I, I don't look at uh, when people talk about attachments. Uh, you could say that if you're married, is, is your spouse an attachment? Is your best <laughs> friend an attachment? Yeah. So it's all, if you put a negative connotation about uh, 
the paranormal or people who have passed away, then, you know, you can look at it negatively. But, you know, is the fact that you watch a TV program because you like it, does that TV program have an attachment? And is it you? So, um, you know, I, I, I wish I had a TV program because I would teach people that they don't have to be so negative about uh, death or people who have passed away because the majority of people who have passed away are very good people. You know, there are good and bad people who are living, and that's the same way with the dead. But the majority of the people that are living and dead are good people, and we have to accept that and, and treat them good because they treat us good. Yeah, just like my grandpa used to say, you catch more bees with honey. So uh, now yes. with vinegar. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, listen, I guess in this same situation, it's true, right? Uh, you take that, uh, you know, you take that type of mindset into this and uh, it, it's a positive thing. And I, I again, like I said, I super appreciate that because it's different than what we see here. Because um, like, you know, uh, like everybody else knows, everything is uh, drama to, you know, everything's a drama is drama to, to, you know, to the 10th degree. You know, everybody's doing something and yelling and screaming and running and it's unnecessary. You know, it's super unnecessary. And I think. And I really believe that the way that you do your paranormal investigating is the optimal way. So, again, Keith, um, I was just going to remind everybody, KeithOEvans.com, uh, PetCat2006 on Facebook. You can catch his book, please. Pick it up. The Hayes House, Ghosts Are People 2, Amazon. You can find it on uh, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, all those places. Make sure you pick it up and check it out. Uh, what a great guest. Uh, Keith, again, thank you for coming on Dark Fringe Radio. Thanks for having me. All right, sir. Thank you again. It was a great interview again, as always. And again, once you have something else come out, let me know and we'll get you back on here again, okay? Sounds great. Thanks. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mr. Keith Evans. Again, you can follow and uh, purchase all of his stuff at KeithOEvans.com. And uh, also, you can find his book, The Hayes House, Ghost or People 2, on Amazon. So uh, just make sure you go ahead and uh, get on there and order his book. Very insightful stuff. Love the way he uh, does his paranormal investigations. So I'm sure you guys are going to love the book as well. So um, you can follow him on Facebook at PetCat2006. And uh, make sure you do that and mention uh, Dark Fringe Radio. And uh, we really appreciate that as well. So, uh, again, thank you for uh, Keith Evans for coming on as a guest on our show the second time. We really do appreciate it. And uh, that's it for uh, tonight here at Dark Fringe Radio. Again, wanted to mention how you guys can listen to the podcast. Very simple. Go to our website, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Go to the streaming services we have there available for you on top. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. really helps us out with the advertisers. So we really do appreciate when you guys do that. And um, that's it. Uh, social media. Follow us on Dark Fringe Radio, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, you can follow us on there. And... Uh, like, share, tell everybody about this great podcast that's out there that is for free so and available for everybody. So, again, I am Will Martinez. We'll have Jay Galosi back on again next week for Dark Fringe Radio. We'll see you guys again. <laughs> <laughs>